Hello everyone, Sawyer Fisher here, the DM for the podcast Critman. As with many tabletop RPGs, the player's handbook and game master's guides are much more like guidelines than actual rules. But here, I'm peeling back the layers of the world of Adronis to give you a bit more insight into the rules and additions that are unique to this setting. Adronis is a homebrewed world, using 5th edition D&D game mechanics, set in what could amount to an early steampunk setting. The first thing to note is the surface of the world has been completely deprived of natural magic. What this means is everything that relied on magic, i.e. spells or spell-like abilities, have henceforth become impossible, the exception being Magitech. In this world, Magitech consists of small canisters of stored magic that was gathered and hoarded before magic faded long ago. They work as follows. Cantrip drives can be used 10 times before running out. First levels, 5 times, and seconds, twice. All others require too much magic to keep multiple charges within a single canister. Instead, begin to grow in size. Third levels weighing about a pound, fourths, four pounds, fifth level drives weighing eight pounds, sixth, 64 pounds. It is unknown whether or not eighth or ninth level spell drives even exist. Once used, a Magitech drive cannot be refilled by any known means, though some in the world have made arguments that one can refill lesser drives by siphoning the magic from larger ones. This is dangerous and often results in the magic escaping with catastrophic results. These canisters also grow exponentially in price. With no ability to make new ones, the price has been steadily increasing, and the average person can no longer afford even cantrip drives, things that used to be used for day-to-day chores and as general power sources. The average worker brings in about 10 credits a day. The average cantrip drive nowadays costs 150 credits, while first levels can fetch up to 500 credits apiece. Now I should also mention what a credit is. Everrain decided against the use of gold as general currency, as its weight made things difficult to transport. So instead, they settled on a system of rods with numerical tumblers within them called cred sticks. They are distributed via the treasury at amounts of 100 credits per stick. Each can have a maximum of 999 and a minimum of zero. The quantity only changes when connected to another stick and the dial is turned which then, for every tick one is turned down, the other increases by, therefore, transferring funds. Often, thieves have tried to deduce the mechanisms that make these devices work, but so far to no avail, as it seems any interference with the case causes several layers of self-destruction and alteration to occur, preventing any accurate observations or recreations. Bouncing back, I have to also mention that with magic and divine power gone, key still remains. This is separate from the aforementioned, and has been left unaffected. This has, however, given a rise to many monasteries throughout this world, a predominant one within Hopal especially, being the Alquirium Monastery. 
why do DMs have to give things such crazy names? Why can't it be like the monastery of punching or kicking or meditation or something to do with like an actual monk thing? Alquirium just sounds cool. Wait, that's why we name things. Because they just sound cool. I don't know. Anyway, now besides those three little bits, I do think it is worth mentioning the players a bit. Most of us have been playing D&D for years together, having been friends with each other long before that. But as many know, it sometimes doesn't take long to get yourself sucked into a game if the group is good. Soon finding ourselves in a cave beneath a castle, fighting an elder brain and resulting in collapsing the whole dang thing on it using call lightning over and 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 over, and over again until you do it. So, needless to say, we have had more than our fair share of antics, resulting in hilarious and unexpected outcomes, as it is the random and uncontainable joy of tabletop RPGs. And now that we're doing this as a podcast, we try to keep that in-world feel best we can, while also catering to the very real table that we play at. So we shall try all kinds of voices, goofy, serious, malcontent, and otherwise, well, trying to portray the people of this diverse world. We're no professionals, but we'll give it all we got. A common thread among us, we all have something creative we love to do. Writing, drawing, voice acting, music writing, production, all of these things, and even just storytelling in its rawest form, conveying an idea that brings out a certain emotion in a person that makes them not just hear or see, but feel what has been made. Stories are best shared with others, and this story is something we feel is worth sharing. And there you have it, a bit clearer picture of the world's mechanics behind the screen and in front of it with us as players. I look forward to watching this story grow into whatever crazy topsy-turvy mess we turn it into in the end. All in all, it's going to be fun. And fun is honestly one of the most important things in a tabletop RPG. And remember, never stop telling stories. Also, we do our own editing and everything, so if you hear the occasional, like, cut-off word or sentence like this, we're trying, and we'll get better as we go along.